Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hello. Thank you for going to the last Schwab Twires. Twires? I don't know. Hello. We appreciate you going to the Les Schwab. Les Schwab. Why it's can't like you Vive, say tires? Vive Clouseau. It's the same. Just thing. say tires. Uh, where, where do we pick up from? Hi uh, everyone. You're listening to the Center in the Saint podcast. I'm Luke Anderson. I'm Will Darkins, well, and this is sponsored by Les Schwab Tires. Is that right? I think so. Okay. Yep. Enjoy. Doing the right thing since 1952. I know that you want to catch the first half of Blazers basketball at 10 o'clock, but stay right here with us because we will not only talk Blazers, we will intersperse that with talk about prostitution, about stings, mm. get some sex traffic talk going on. Did you say stings or sting? Both, as a matter of fact. What happened to sting? What do you mean? Well, you said you got sting talk. Well, no, we have sting in the show. You think you think you think we have a day where a scandal like Robert Kraft getting caught up in a West Palm Beach prostitute sting operation and we don't have Roxanne playing from the police? Mm. Yeah. Is there a more famous song about prostitution? Uh, didn't the Beatles do one? Yeah, well, they did a cover of Sweet George Brown. Yeah. But I don't feel like it had the tempo and the, mm. re- the did, recognition. It didn't embody the from- spirit of prostitution. Uh, I mean, it did... But I just don't think it has that upbeat feel that you need to get your Saturday morning radio program going the right direction. The fact of the matter is, I don't know if there is an actual spirit of prostitution that you can embody in a song or Roxanne or movie or and I don't the know. Lead what singer of uh, the Police, Midnight Cowboy. Sting. You ever watch Midnight Cowboy? Uh, yeah, uh, that's uh, John Voight. And oh, what's his name? I'm picturing his head. His face is right there. I'll give you a hint. I know who he is, but... um, Oh. Yeah. Well, so if you know, say his name. I cannot think of it. Dustin Hoffman. That's right. Yeah. So there you go. I got it. He's a Weasley, little rat fink kind of guy in that one. So yeah, and then uh, you've got uh, old... uh, What's his name? Harry Nilsson doing a big part of the soundtrack. God, John Voight was kind of hot. Well, yeah, he played a gigolo. Yeah, he was just kind of... Something about him. Yeah, he's a big hunk of man meat. Yeah, he kind of was. Yeah. You know, there's also something about John Voight that, like, whenever he's around you, well, I mean, I've never been around John <laughs> Voight, but whenever he's on screen, you kind of think he's going to eat someone. Hmm, I don't really get that sense. You don't get that vibe that no. John Voight is, like, on the cusp of just devouring a human body? You know who he reminds me of? 
that has that same animal magnetism that you're like, that guy, it just feels like he just walks around like he knows he's better than everybody else. Robert Wagner, for some reason. Hmm. That makes sense? I don't just know. Like, uh, yeah, as a young man, those guys, I uh, feel like, just uh, took Hollywood by storm. What? No. Yeah, I'm telling you. Dude, Robert Wagner looks like a like a, an extremely well-accomplished uh, game show host. Yes, absolutely does. That's but not it, magnetism. I don't want to oh, sleep with that. come on. Look at young Robert Wagner. I am looking at him. All he right. just looks He looks like a better I don't Pat know. Those guys, those guys remind me of each other. Maybe it's because he played number two, and John Voight always looks like he's about to go number two. I don't know what it is. I can't tell you, but for some reason, I put those guys in the same category. You're drunk. Eh, it could be. Pat Sajak Young looks just like Robert Wagner Young. Yeah, but I think he looks just like Pat Sajak now. Yeah, Pat Sajak now is scary looking. Yeah, but he looks, still looks like Pat Sajak Young. I guess so. Do you think that guy's life is just like like water down a hole? Like he, It's just swirling, and like he's like, God, really? This is water? what my life's amount to? You ever hear the commercials that they run for Wheel on this station? I do. They're awesome. But that sounds like... A guy that's just like, well, I've given up on this, and uh, I'm just going to tell you about what's going on the wheel. It's family fun, and I uh, could have killed myself years ago, but I just decided to live a lifeless husk of a uh, existence, and I will continue to do that, and you should watch my dumb show. With a moderate amount of money being made relative to other people in Hollywood. Actually, hold on a second. Okay, hold on a second. I We're know, burying the I'm lead. About to We're check. burying the lead. Oh, my what? gosh. What? Dude, Pat Sajak's worth $65 million. Yeah, he's doing just fine, but he would much rather be doing something else. But he can't stop because of the money. He's addicted to Wheel of Fortune. Well, then what does he do with the money, you think? What do you mean? What do you think? He drinks it or gambles it? Both. No. Yeah. Like, you're finding Pat Sajak. So, like, you remember that movie, uh, Any Given Sunday, where uh, the coach is always at the bar, like, either after practice or after games? Like, do you think that's Pat Sajak? He's in seedy Miami bars looking for toots. Well, he could be down in Jupiter, Florida. They said that there will be a bigger name than Robert Kraft. We can go wild speculation and throw up Pat Sajak in there. I don't want to do that, but if you'd like to be irresponsible. Dude, and- that's actually not a bad call. <laughs> Where does Pat Sajak wait, wait, wait. live? Where does Pat Sajak rank on the uh, hierarchy of fame? Is Pat Sajak greater than Robert Kraft by a long shot? <sighs> what? Yeah, kind of. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, well, think about it this way, right? Like... Well, how do you think, um, you know, Bob from Missouri felt when he heard that Robert Kraft got got stung for uh, for toots? What do you mean, Bob? I, like, you think he was like, okay? Uh, let me phrase okay, this. What, what? Let me phrase this better. Okay. Bob from Missouri is going to react bigger to Robert Kraft hiring toots, or is he going to react bigger to Pax Sajak hiring toots? It's a very good question. I I do not know the answer to that. I mean, I I live more in the sports world, so Robert Kraft is a bigger name than me, but obviously I know who Pat Sajak is. So I would say Pat Sajak probably greater than Robert Kraft, but Adam Schefter is speculating or suggesting uh, in his reporting that there's someone that is way more famous than Robert Kraft, right? Is that kind of the way it's been laid out? Sort of. Yeah, so there's bigger names on there. Barack Obama? What's that? Barack Obama is going to be the guy. Dude, what if Barack Obama was on there? Wasn't everybody suggesting Tiger Woods because he lives down in West Palm Beach? I, I think it's kind of, I Jupiter. think you can almost assume it at this point. 
more Dude, su- come on. More, more famous. Than- are you more surprised if the full list comes out and Tiger is on the list or not on the list? If he's not on the list, I'm very surprised because th- <laughs> this is the game that everybody's playing in their head once they heard this news from Schefter, which is like, okay, a bigger name than Robert Kraft? Yeah. Because Robert Kraft is, in terms of owners, he's the biggest name in football. In terms of just, Jerry Jones is a bigger name as far as owners yeah, go, but they're but but here's the thing one A one B. But as far as image goes, if it's Jerry Jones caught up in this, everybody's like, yeah, yeah, sure. I mean, most people, at least that I've talked to, are not surprised by Robert Kraft either. Really? Uh, and you are, but I don't know why. Because he has over the years really kind of projected this sense of morality with his team. Like, he really has, dude. Like, I mean, his whole thing is like, hey, we did it the right way. I, I know the whole, like, deflate gate and all that kind of crap. Spy gate. But I, I, think it's, I think it's more about the whole morality thing with his team. And it, it was mm. no better exemplified than when uh, the whole murder case with Aaron Hernandez happened and they released oh, yeah, him. there's another ding in the Patriot dude, way. that's not their fault. Well, they didn't know that. And, in fact, they, they immediately didn't know that one of their him. players was going out murdering people. I get Dude, that. no one but did. But then, even after that, they said, someone hey, Someone did, and that's how he got arrested. Hey, fans, if you have a jersey of his, come to the stadium, turn yeah, it in, we'll give yeah. you a free one. I think they handled that as best as you could. I mean, the Patriots aren't constantly trying to find out if their players are murderers. I think it just <laughs> happened, and they were like, oh, crap. The Patriots aren't constantly trying to figure out if they're players are murderers i think that's something you want to kind of have a pulse on uh but here's here's the thing let's catch everybody up on the story this the reason that robert Kraft was caught in this apparently according to reports there are uh, two instances where they have him on tape or recordings of him in the orchids of asia day spa in jupiter florida paying for sex okay i need to see those tapes sure like Really, I need to see those we, tapes. But we do need to put in the caveat that the reason he was caught is that they were investigating sex trafficking, which, of course, is a terrible thing. So we are talking about Robert Kraft, though, as an individual being part of this. But there's also some bigger picture things that kind of go with this. So we're probably going to have fun with it. But we want to say, obviously, this the bigger part of this story is obviously very tragic. Now, back to Robert Kraft and this whole thing. And what does he look like naked? <laughs> I guess you would go there. I guess melted ice cream just on a body. Well, but <laughs> that's a, Mel, a melted probably, vanilla cone and body probably form. pretty accurate. Let's go away from filling people's uh, minds with the mental picture of Robert Kraft naked. Doesn't he fit the profile of the guy that you think goes in there, though? Um, I, mean, I mean, yes, he, the profile, has, but not the guy. Money. Not the guy, though. Dude, I'm telling you, Robert Kraft has positioned himself as a as a reputable dude. Like, he he really has. I mean, I, I'm totally taking away the whole deflate gate and um, the whole uh, spy gate thing. You're totally right. Those things were cheating. They were kind of underhanded. Yeah. But at the same time, from the Patriots, you never publicly hear cases of players that are beating their wives of them kind of colluding to keep players in those positions, of players acting out really hard. I mean, Aaron Hernandez was the biggest thing, and really, they handled that the best you could. The biggest thing, though. I mean, you have all the things with the weird doctor, not doctor around Tom Brady. You've got the... uh, Is that morally wrong? (laughs) I don't know what's going on there. Listen, the Patriots have a lot of weird things around them. This is another one. This is not the biggest one. They're probably not going to, you know, throw Robert Kraft out of his position. I just don't think... People, if you ask them honestly, that they're all that surprised that somebody with a ton of money would have a habit of going to a place where you can get sexual gratification for money. 
it just to me it's not that surprising i think you're you're really you're really lowering the standards <laughs> well may, maybe that's just uh, it's my generation uh but we also had some questions kind of around that uh, because I think people of, of your age and maybe younger, I think, are a lot more surprised by this. I think that there's kind of a group, and we looked at the the ages. There's, what, 25 names that were listed already that we know, and Robert Kraft is included on there. And we kind of looked at the profile of this. It's mostly old guys, 50-plus. 20 of the 25 names are 50-plus on the list that we looked at. And I think that just kind of looks at it where if you're a little bit older, you kind of go, oh, yeah, guys do this. I lived and worked in Las Vegas, and I worked at a bar, and right next door there was one of these places. Now, I never went in, but the, we were kind of curious, like, oh, what goes on in that place? And so one of the guys went over there and kind of did his little investigation of it. We had a couple guys that we worked with us that we knew went there, but they're too scuzzy to actually ask questions about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you go, you slide a $100 bill, and you get taken care of at the end of your massage. Of course, also right down the door was... Right down the street was the Green Door, which was one of the uh, actual sex clubs that lives in Vegas. Well, you know, that's the name of a famous 70s porno. Yeah, and well, and they have it's also a very famous orgy club in Las Vegas. Don't and, ask me and, how I know that. And the owner used to come in all the time and kind of hang out at the bar. So, listen, I know this stuff goes on. You think guys with money, they're going into places like this? Yeah, I do. Does it surprise me that he got caught? I guess so. But it was probably such habit for him. I guarantee you that the two times Robert Kraft is on tape, it's not the first two times he went in for a massage. I think, and I'm going to put on my feminism hat here, so get ready. <laughs> yeah. Are you ready? Yeah, go ahead. It's going to get real hot up in here. Oh, boy. I think the fact that you're apologizing, you're being self-apologetic about Robert Kraft just basically allowing himself to go into these places and that's okay to you, you're dumbing down the rhetoric. Wait, what? Okay. I'm not sure what you just said there. I'm dumbing down the rhetoric. Human trafficking is terrible. Prostitution has been around forever and will continue to be around. What I'd like to know is, do you think, uh, since we've seen gambling be legalized, we've seen weed be legalized, in our lifetime, is there some sort of uh, bill proposed where we make prostitution legal? No. No? No. All right. Clean it up. That's the whole idea with gambling and weed, right? Take, Juice. It, out of, take it out of the shadows so it can be regulated. So what, do you think all drugs should be legal? I don't have a problem with that. Really? It's not going to change my habits. You're cool with heroin being legal? How would it affect your life? Do you think people are going to run out and start doing? Are you going to? If heroin were legal, would you do heroin? Yeah, I might. <laughs> Give it a try. All right. Well, we have a lot of sleepy people. Then we better keep it illegal. Uh, all right. We've got more Robert Kraft talk as we go through the show. A bunch about the NBA. The Blazers do tip off at ten o'clock, and I know you want to talk about the AAF again. Oh my gosh. All right, big show. Let's come back. A couple questions around this Robert Kraft thing that I have for you. We'll see where that goes. Next, Sinner and Saint on 1080 The Fan. You don't have to so Robert Kraft, one of 25 names released in a prostitution sting in West Palm Beach County, Florida, went to a place called the Orchids of Asia Day Spa in Jupiter, Florida, got busted. Uh, of those 25 names, uh, 20 of them, 50 and older. So old white guys uh, going to a day spa for a R&T is not surprising to our text line, at least so far. Here's my question. Millennials ruin everything, right? 
So I'm told. Are they ruining the R&T day spa? Why? <laughs> the reaction from people that I've talked to, and I've only talked to, you know, maybe a dozen people about this. Young people are way more, like, shocked by this behavior, it seems like to me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think based on age determines somewhat the level of outrage in this. Uh, I mean, yes, but I think you're going down a slippery slope. Okay. Why is that? Uh, well, here's how I'll put it. Here, here's a good example. So back in before the 1900s. Back which, in before the 1900s. Okay. This is going to be good. There was a very, very lucrative practice that people got into, and you could do it for quite a long time, make good money and be stable, and uh, there seemed to be really no downside to it except, I don't know, for some reason you died kind of young. Yeah, but everybody died young pre-1900s. Yeah. Yeah. It was coal mining. That was big through the 1900s. What are you talking about before the 1900s? Before. Yes, but still, people but are still more coal information mining. came out about the fact that shale was being broken up and people were breathing it in, and that's why they were dying. Uh, and so then once that happened, people didn't want to be coal miners anymore. <laughs> Prostitution, people used to think it was just, oh, practice, because women are sort of things, and we can <laughs> use them for that. Now it's like, oh, yeah, women are kind of owned by these men, and actually women do have rights. And by 19, uh, what is it, 23, we were able to let them vote. And so now we kind of view prostitution as eh, not such a good thing. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I'm just saying that I don't think when you look at it, you're surprised that old, rich I think that's guys, an old view. Yeah. What What's an old view? Is that, ah, he's an old rich guy, paid for sex, whatever. Kind of how I am if it's consensual, but in this case, your it's not. Your view your view. Yeah, that's, that's fair. That's fair. But I, I just wonder how common that view is, I suppose. The other thing that's interesting to me, and uh, maybe you can try to play this game along uh, throughout the week, because there's going to be more coming out on this story as well. When you listen to people talk about this, how much of your mind wanders to... What does he look like naked? No. Why do you keep going Sorry. there? I thought that's where you were going. <laughs> Listen to the commentators and the people making judgments on this, and you go, I wonder if that guy's ever been to one of those places. Yeah, they definitely have. <laughs> For sure. Yes, easily. There's no question all of them. All of them have. Yeah. We don't need to go through the names on the well, list. And you know what? This is really similar to the uh, – because, you know, Robert Kraft's side of this is that, like, he's completely innocent. Like, he's saying, yes, like – that's true. Yeah, like, his lawyers are saying, uh, no, we, like, we unequivocally deny all this. Like, No. Um, and we're reacting pretty hard right now. You know, this is eerily, and I don't want to say it's going to be the same thing, but this is eerily like that whole Jesse Smollett thing that happened. Really? Where, well, kind of, because really uh, we believed his side of the story really quick. As a public, we did. I mean, there was a lot of people that stood up for him, and they were like, we believe you. This is awful. Boo. This sucks. Terrible. And then when it started to come out that, oh, yeah, he completely fabricated the whole thing, all these people are like, well, now I'm disappointed in him. Yeah, but like, I feel like this with Robert Kraft, we're all shaking our finger, but what if it comes to fruition that, like, he actually didn't do it? Yeah. Then what are those people going to say? Like, well, I guess he didn't do it. But this so. is this is different because we're not going <laughs> to find out that he was the mastermind or orchestrated all of this. There's a big difference between that. And this to me, this reminds me of Hugh Freeze. 
right, who was at Ole Miss and decided to use the company phone. This is a guy that was in such a habit of using these services that he didn't even think of it. It was just, it was an absolute habit. And he's like, ah, this is the way I roll. This is what I do. It's the way that I relieve tension. And he got caught up in it. And I think that there's probably a lot of NFL owners that looked at it and went, ooh, glad it's not me. 55305 is the better you today text line. You think Kraft makes his masseurs wear a Tom Brady jersey? <laughs> yeah. Yes, Dustin, I do. I bet he wears a, oh, I can't read that one. Uh, rich <laughs> where, white guy. Where getting, he wears his sixth Super Bowl ring. Is that what Yes, just, yes, yeah. exactly. Rich white guy getting rubs and tugs. Shocking. Yeah. And then somebody saying. accused me of being on crack because Robert Kraft is apparently a dirtbag. Yeah. Doesn't he feel like a dirtbag? I don't know. I don't. I, yeah, I do. Does he? I, I don't know. I've never, I, I can't remember any massive scandal he had. How about this one? Well, I know before this, though. I, I, well, what? If you're going to judge him as a dirtbag right now, then he's a dirtbag, right? <laughs> well, for sure. But I don't know. He just, I don't know. Go back and look. Just look through photos of Robert Kraft. And he looks like a guy. Come on. You can't judge a guy on how he looks. <laughs> I think he can. No. I think that's fair. It's it's called judging a book by its cover. That's appropriate behavior, right? No? I don't think so. I don't know. I, d- I don't think you get a huge sample size from these guys. And if you have billions of dollars and he's in the public eye beca- but because he owns a football team, I don't, I'm just not surprised. He does, does also doesn't strike me as, you know, somebody that's going out of his way to look like a good guy either. Robert Kraft looks like... Um uh, the guy from Indiana Jones who watches the film and starts melting, but he stopped watching a quarter of the way through. Yeah. Robert Kraft looks like the human embodiment of a grilled cheese sandwich. Yeah. He also looks like a guy that goes into the local day spa at a strip mall near his house. A little bit? <laughs> no? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> a little bit. There's, you, have, you have enough information to look at the guy and go, yeah, that's not exactly great. Robert Kraft looks like the older version of the guy who they based the uh, Mario video games after. He looks like an older version of Super Mario? Yeah. yeah. The guy they modeled. Yeah, the guy, they, the guy they brought yeah. in and drew the picture. They yeah. have a mustache, though. Or the so guy I'm... they found on the street, and <laughs> the creator was like, oh, I got it. <laughs> Oh, I know what I'll do. It's a stretch. He doesn't have a mustache. That I don't get. That well, that's one. why he's the older version. <laughs> he got, like he went Alex Trebek, and at some point he's like, got to lose a mustache. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Trying look, yeah, trying to look distinguished. I don't know. To me, none of this, none of this is a shock. I have uh, there's to it. Yes, maybe it's a antiquated view, and you may be right, and it's bad. But I go, yeah, these old guys with money probably pay for. Sex. I mean, it wasn't the same as cigarettes too. I mean, this is all kind of uh, coming uh, coming up now. I mean, the cigarettes, it was the same way where it was like, yeah, smoke them up. Who cares? And then slowly over time, newer generations start saying like, yes. oh, these are really bad for you. Yeah, I get I get that. But but to, for your comparison uh, sake, there's not a time where your body from years or billions of years of evolution or millions of years of evolution where you're going, oh, I need to have cigarettes or I need to go coal mining. Sex is one of those fundamental drives that people have and guys with money that don't want to go and, you know, build relationships and spend time with people and uh, have, you know. He's lazy. Yeah. They want to have, uh, they want to have paid for sex and they want to get in and get out cheap and dirty and probably very gross. Yeah. And then they move on. 
Yeah. Yeah. I think that's uh I think it's a little more built into your DNA than smoking and coal mining. Robert Kraft looks like an extra from uh, the movie Perfect Storm, except he never left the set, and they're just finding him now. Uh, he looks like a guy that was an extra in Cocoon and was left in the water too long. Yeah. Yeah. All right. A little shriveled up. All right. Let's move on from Robert Kraft. Obviously the big story of the week, but I have a, have a sneaking suspicion if Adam Schefter is right. We will be talking about this scandal next week, especially if the uh, other big names in there are related to sports. It's Pat Sajak. It's fair to point out on the Better You Today text line, if you, uh, te- if you type into Google the population of Jupiter, Florida residents, most of them are on the PGA Tour. Yeah, that's so scary. That is uh, something to keep an eye on, We will, but we'll move on from it right now. Uh, Zion Williamson had a uh, bit of an odd week with a shoe exploding, and now he's day-to-day. Should he stop playing college basketball? And we'll get into Blazers talk. They tick up, tip off at 10 o'clock, our second look at Nurk and Turk. Fun, fun. Great show for you today. But first, we need to bring you the new. Go on Twitter. Go to at SinnerSaint1080 or 1080 the fan. You can check out our polls, participate. We'll get some results later in the show. I do want to talk about Zion Williamson and why everybody's mad at Paul George, but we'll push that to hour two as well. Right now, I want to talk about the Blazers. Early tip against the 76ers, and I know that you're going to already uh, discount whatever happens in today's game because Joel Embiid is not playing. But I did just look up at the television, and they put an interesting stat. These two teams, eighth and ninth in the league in plus minus. Uh <laughs> Uh, I love the plus minus stat and how much it confuses, befuddles, and angers and you. And doesn't matter. Yeah, no, none of it really it matters. It does not matter. Hey, the none plus of plus minus. No, I know. It, not of- in basketball. <laughs> Football. Uh... What? Football. It, anyways, I'm not going to get into plus minus with you. I don't think you have the mental capacity to understand plus minus. We've gone over it at length multiple it's times. Lit. It is lit. There's no question about that. But uh, I don't, th- I don't, I just, I. We got our first look at the full complement of players that the Blazers will have going into the playoffs. They added Ennis Cantor. They added Rodney Hood before the All-Star break. You got to see the dream scenario where you have Damian Lillard coming back, scoring 13 points after the All-Star break. And the two bigs. Lead the way for the Blazers. You can't just shut down their guards. They have too much interior scoring. Nurk and Turk is real. Darkens, why does this really suck? Uh, it doesn't. What? It's all right. It's all right? That's all right. Hey, that's pretty good. You know what? That has moved you off the most pessimistic uh, Blazers fan of all time. No. Uh, ranking. Yeah. Uh, no, uh, not that much. Because there still is a hope? little bit of pessimism in this. No, I know there is. I didn't say it moved you over to optimism. It just mm. moved you off number one pessimist, at least. So you're seeing a little bit of hope and from what you saw from uh, Nurk and uh, Cantor. Uh, a little bit of hope. But, okay. again, if we're um, if we're fans of reading history... Doesn't this look familiar to you? Any of this? Ralph Sampson and Kareem Olajuwon? Any of this look familiar? Twin Towers? Any of this look familiar from what the Blazers usually do? Well, they, when they added Nurk and uh, had a little bit of a run going, and then they got into the playoffs, and he was hurt and couldn't contribute? Is that yeah, what you're let's suggesting? just watch what happens. 
Well, that's the whole idea. But, you know, on this show, we do talk sports, and it's kind of interesting to see. You've got a very small sample size, but the, the whole idea is that this Blazers team needs to get out of the first round of the playoffs or you're going to start blowing things up. Well, and so I think the the issue that you run into, the the double-edged, the other edge of the sword, right, is that you have all these bigs. You now have four bigs. You do. You have Yusuf Nurkic, you have Enos Kander, you have Zach Collins, and you have Myers Leonard. And I can now include Myers Leonard in that list, not jokingly, because they were giving him some pretty significant sure. minutes. But don't you think that... Some teams say like the Warriors or like the Rockets, who at least right now is who we would play. Don't you think they would look at that situation and go, oh, they're overloaded on bigs. Let's play small ball. Well, but they didn't get rid of any of their power at guard. I mean, their scoring no. ability didn't change. They didn't no, lose CJ McCollum. They didn't lose totally. Damian Lillard. They added Rodney Hood, who can score from the wing. I would th- say a little more reliably than Mo Harkless. But as this, as this, uh, this about 20-game stretch is getting underway, All I'm saying is that you're going to start forming an offensive philosophy around the new people that you have, and you're going to try to form something around Enos Kanter. I'm not saying completely around him, but you're going to start to change your offensive philosophy. And I think if you get to the playoffs and you start relying on these bigs to be major parts of your offense, uh, you might have a problem playing Houston. Well, sure. But what was the judgment from last year is that, well, if the only thing that you have to do is shut down Dame and CJ, the Blazers are a pushover. And this would appear that that is not necessarily the case. I mean, you have a guy that's 15 and 10 for his career. And the other thing is Enos Cantor is everybody looks at him and goes, well, you know, he doesn't play any defense. Yeah, but he rebounds really well. And an offensive rebound is a very good thing for this team where you've got shooters all over the court. And if you get second chance possessions for the Blazers right now, they're one of the best rebounding teams in the NBA. I believe they're third in rebounding and they added another good solid rebounder to their team. I think that's, I don't know how you look at this and see anything but it being good for the the predictions moving forward. I see it good right now, but you know, I, I just I look ahead into the playoffs because really everything after the All Star stretch is just kind of looking at the playoffs and going, what are your matchups and who are your big time guys and are they yeah. going to be able to help you? I, you know what, this really doesn't solve the problem that we have at guard, which is that Dame or CJ are pretty much non-existent on defense and and again if you go up against somebody like chris paul or james harden um i know you can try to switch and try to get evan turner to guard those guys or al fleur camino and do that but i i just think at a certain point you're kind of getting outmatched they'll find matchups that work against you and and to me this really isn't a totally different blazers team this is pretty much the no. same, except tweaked maybe a little better. Yeah, but you also have the ability now to kind of rotate your lineup so you can put in a defensive lineup. You can put in Zach Collins and Al Farouk Aminu, Rodney Hood on the court at the same time because you have different guys that can handle the ball, and you don't have to put in Aminu and go, all right, well, we need him to be a big contributor on offense as well as guarding the other team's best player. I watched back-to-back games uh, at the Moda Center, or I watched two games, and, and in – the succession I watched uh, Aminu ding up LeBron James and then Giannis Antetokounmpo. It's Giannis. And Giannis. It's Giannis. Oh, shut up. Guarding the Greek freak. And if you watch a guy that has to go out and do that and then you're still relying on him for offense, that makes things awful difficult. But the, So the more offense you can add, the better it makes this team. And the more depth you have. I know that going into the playoffs, you're expecting the rotation to be kind of limited. But, again, I think you have Terry Stotts, 
who is really coaching for his job because if he's not fired in the offseason, he certainly goes into next year on the hot seat. I think if they get swept in the first round, you fire everybody and probably trade C.J. McCollum because the way this team is constructed probably isn't working. So I, I think that's your answer right there. The way this team is constructed is it? I, I just yeah, think but, that but, everybody but these are is, improvements. Like you know what? Hold on. I just yeah. I think everybody's overreacting about the Zenas Canner thing because I, I think this is it's honestly. Ennis. Anus, anus canner. <laughs> I think everybody's overreacting about this because we see that, oh, we got a secondary big that can play offense and contribute. No, this is pretty much the same team. You did not acquire a superstar player. Yeah, but you did who it. did? And I know who did. But what I'm trying to say is I don't think this changes anything in the playoffs. I still say you're going to get bounced in the first round if you play Houston. That's fine. and that's I, I just, I do. I don't think this changed that much. And uh, Rob, said it perfectly last night on primetime. He goes, once you get to the playoffs, it's about superstars. It's not about the depth in your lineup. That's regular season stuff. Once you get to the playoffs, it's about how well can your superstars drag a team seven games and get to the next round. And to be quite honest, Damian Lillard has proved it once. Okay. I get it. He's had some kind of bad luck in the fact that he's had to play Golden State, but those didn't even really look competitive. The playoffs are also about matchups. Right. And going, how can you how can you counteract what the other team is trying to do? And having more depth allows you more options. And the next 20, 25 games or whatever it is left in the season, it's up to Terry Stotts to go. All right. How can I put together a combination of players on the court where I have a chance to save my job? And I think, <laughs> I, well, right. I, know, I mean, that's, that's the way you put it. <laughs> but th that's really what it is. But I think I think both Rodney Hood and I think Ennis Cantor are upgrades uh, to this lineup and and now you get to sit back and watch and I think I think having a little bit of optimism which you don't quite uh, tip to that side of the scale but you have less pessimism and you have to admit that's a good thing I guess so you're gonna be are you, are you gonna be are you gonna be mad if they win a first round series no everybody keeps their job and then they get eliminated quickly in the second round uh, uh I if they do that, if they get to the second round and get eliminated there, I would just hope they make a small change. Yeah. Are like, you... well, not a small change, but just make a make a major change that doesn't completely blow everything up. Like, if that happened, then I'd say, okay, I think you need to trade CJ now. Yeah. Because it, it, it's proven that Terry Stotts can coach. It's just you don't have the right combination of players. And I think that's what everybody's thought the whole time. When this season happened and you got about 10 to 20 games in, everybody had that feeling again like, Okay, this is the same team. Yeah. This is pretty much what we expect. I, I think it almost might benefit you to drop to like seventh. <laughs> the <only laughs> Take reason, on the Nuggets. I, yeah, honestly, because the Nuggets aren't playoff tested to a point where you yeah. can trust them winning a playoff series. But I you suggested might, last week and you told me I was an idiot. I know, but now the more <laughs> I'm looking at this, I'm kind of like, yeah, that might kind of help you because you don't want to yeah. play the Thunder. After last night's Paul George performance, he had like 42 points. They won in double overtime. Good I, at basketball. I wouldn't want to play them because that's a matchup nightmare. I'm kind of looking at the Nuggets and I go, yeah, that wouldn't be too bad. Yeah. I don't know. There's, uh, again, if you can change your perspective on this team a little bit, and I think you can, this is a different lineup. When was the last time you were led by your two bigs to a win? You had 13 points from Damian Lillard. Oof. Well, it's it's on. nice. It's nice that they can win in a different way. Well, maybe they have. I don't know. Well, no, they have when CJ stepped up. Well, hasn't there been a night where like Nurk and Collins led the way or something? I don't know. It's it's nice to have another option of a way you can win a basketball game. And when you get into the playoffs, hey, 
it's been 10 tries since they've won a playoff game. So at least they have a different mode of attack. I think that'll make things at least more interesting. Marcus Graves was in the office this week and he goes, I can't believe the Blazers didn't pick up Melo. <laughs> He's like, what? And he goes, yeah, man, Melo's the truth. Like you get him in the playoffs and like just thing, things happen. And I was like, dude, they did that last year in OKC and they got bounced. Yeah. Like, things first don't round happen. by the jazz. <laughs> It's <laughs> not good. Yeah. Uh, rather have Rodney Hood and Ennis Cantor than Carmelo Anthony. Yes. Would you rather have <laughs> Rodney Hood? Um, would you rather have Rodney Hood with a groin sprain and Enos Cantor or Carmelo Anthony? Yeah, but Enos Cantor's wearing a club on his left hand or his non-shooting hand Yeah, because he broke all of his fingers. Yeah, both players are minorly inconvenient. Yeah, yeah I think you'd take what you yeah. You'd still take that. <laughs> All right, we got to get to good versus evil. That is next. You're listening to The Sinner and the Saint on Portland Sports Leader, 1080 The Fame. Have you been too busy to keep up on sports this week? What has happened to the, What has happened? What has happened to the national interest? No time to form your own opinions? I stand before you here today in the midst of gnarly times. Well, no worries, brah. <laughs> Let the sinner and the saint shred the gnar while you just sit back and ride the wave. It's time for Good versus Evil, brought to you by the titan of Hawaiian restaurants, 808 on 1080 The Fan. You know, I have a couple homes in New Orleans, so I'm always tied to that city. I always have love for the city of New Orleans. And obviously when that time comes, you know, I'm going to definitely have a heartwarming message for them and just put it out there on Instagram like everybody else do. That was entitled D-Bag, who's not impressed by your 2016 Acura, because who the hell drives Acuras anymore? Anthony Davis. Remember a few weeks back when the Unibrow and Super Agent Rich Paul held the Pelicans hostage, demanding the team trade Davis to one team on a list of other teams that did not include Boston, if any of that makes sense? Well, that's wrong. Pooh Brown wrong. During the All-Star Weekend, Davis told reporters, I never said Boston was not on my list of teams that he wanted to be traded to. Would the Celtics be smart to deal Jason Tatum for Anthony Davis? Yes, because Anthony Davis is one of those unicorns where you cannot replace his size and his athletic ability. If he reaches his full potential, then, yeah, he's greater than Jason Tatum. Uh, Jason Tatum also doesn't seem that happy. He said he's happy to be traded. Did did Anthony Davis say that, uh, listen, I'm going to have a lot of love for New Orleans when I leave. I'll put a nice post on Instagram. Yeah. Change my answer. Yes, keep Jason Tatum. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. That's kind of what I think, too. And Jason uh. Tatum, uh, for the most part... I- I don't know. It's confusing because if Jason Tatum is your centerpiece, like you could look at the Celtics' 30, uh, uh, first 30 games of the season this year and see that like he's not a very good yeah, ISO player. You, 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 have to get, uh, you can't get another Anthony Davis. You can find another Jason Tatum. Not saying that Jason Tatum isn't great, but there's the size and and the length of Anthony Davis. I mean, if that guy gets in a lineup that can you know build around him, pretty unstoppable. Finally over. Finally your Padre. <laughs> you know, since day one, since we met you, you know, this, 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 we knew it was the right fit for me and my wife to be here. Very excited to be here and start this new journey of our baseball career, our, our lives. T- take on that San Diego weather and take on this team. That was Rich Dude who paid $400 for a haircut that makes him look like a fringe cool guy teenager, Manny Machado. Well, Captain Ahab finally caught the great white whale. Hey-oh, Moby Dick. 
All right, let's compare or uh, forget that comparison being slightly offensive and just say the Padres signed Manny Machado to a 10-year, $300 million contract this week. The move leaves free agent Bryce Harper as last big fish in the sea. Some rumors have been floated, though, that the Padres could possibly sign Harper as well. Do you think Harper deserves more money than Machado? Uh, he is an MVP. He had a little bit of a down year last year. Uh, they're both young dudes. Uh, yes, Bryce Harper's the bigger name. Uh, Manny Machado has had his uh, issues about stepping on ankles and not hustling. But, hey, Bryce Harper's had his uh, issues with not hustling, too. Those guys are both going to make a ton of money. Uh, from a marketing standpoint, maybe you, you lean a you know, another dude, twenty, you another both. another twenty-five million dollars in the direction of Bryce Harper, dude. If you get what both a- of those guys, though, I mean, think about how many times your stadium is just going to be sold out. Dude, that place sucks to watch a baseball game, Petco Park in San Diego. I'm sure, <laughs> but uh, yeah. But I mean, you have two superstars. Like, yeah, I, I mean, I, if we had a baseball team in Portland, and let's just throw the Padres in Portland and say we got both those players, I would definitely go to games. It's two superstars. <laughs> no, I, mean, I can see the benefit to the team. Does it win your baseball games? Mike Trout's the best player in baseball, and he's wasting away his almost entire career in uh, Anaheim. Uh, uh, Felix Hernandez was one of the best pitchers of our generation, played, what, 13 years with the Mariners without a playoff appearance, and he's still getting paid $25 million. So I don't know if it's the right move to win baseball games, but you're right. It probably gets people to show up. The Kings court was very popular during that run of mediocrity the, the Mariners have been a part of. Hey, you want to be the best? Bart. You got to simply outwork your opponents. And when I'm talking opponents... I ain't talking about other guys or the others. That was stunt double for the character Simon Phoenix in the 1993 hit movie Demolition Man, Antonio Brown. The dissatisfied whiteout met with Steelers ownership this week to try and hash out any disagreements and mend their relationship, but the meeting really just didn't work, and Antonio Brown is still intent on being traded to another team. He said as much during a live Instagram video that featured the Pro Bowler rambling but all motivational latitudes, sorry, platitudes, that belong on a poster next to the ever-famous hang-in-there kitten. Does the risk outweigh the reward for any team thinking to acquire Antonio Brown? Yeah, Antonio Brown is a freak talent, but he also seems to be a little bit uh, off his rocker. So... It's kind of one of, at least to me, one of those right team situations. Like, yeah. there's a rumor floating around right now. Well, no, it's actually uh, the cards. The people yeah. are saying that you trade a mid-round pick and Josh Rosen for Antonio Brown. So nobody to throw to a guy, and then you draft Kyler Murray and make That's, it easy yeah. for him. Yeah. Uh, you've also heard the 49ers being floated with Jimmy Garoppolo coming back off a knee injury. Uh, I don't know. It's, it's hard to say that I can, you know, really justify – a wide receiver being the missing piece. Um, you know, who's, who's one. I think for, I think for the Packers, it might be that that's the one that jumps out in my mind. So I think you have to kind of, I don't know, reserve judgment until you. Yeah. San Francisco. I think just, I, I don't think they have a missing piece problem. I think they just have an experience problem. They yeah, like, they I think need that's you it. as a core play more yeah. games. You're not going to bring in veteran leadership with Antonio Brown. You're going to bring in a headache. So yeah, I, you see him going to Green Bay where the media doesn't seem to take over. And, you know, if he wants to work with a quarterback that's not, you know, a 
self-entitled uh, you know jerk like Ben Roethlisberger is. Wait. Oh, oh. yeah. Go play with. Can Aaron. you imagine Aaron those Rogers. dudes getting along? <laughs> Like, no, if he doesn't like Ben Roethlisberger, I know that Ben Roethlisberger has some other issues that uh, that uh, Aaron Rodgers doesn't, but he's complaining about his leadership style. Aaron Rodgers has plenty of uh, bad mojo in that direction. Yeah, I, I just... Yeah. Yeah. It's I a mess. Know. Well, who's the new coach over there at Green Bay? What's his name? Matt LaFleur. LaFleur. Yeah. Dude, think of that. Yeah. You have to come into Aaron Rodgers, and now you have to Somebody will take him, though. He's too good not to. Yeah. All right, time for my favorite story of the week, and this one, again, comes from Florida. Yeah, Two weeks in a row, but this one was just too good. <laughs> Mayor Dale Massad fired repeatedly at deputies with a 40 caliber handgun when they busted down his door to arrest him Thursday, but he didn't hit anyone, and they held fire. That's according to Paso County Sheriff uh, Chris Noco. Still, the 68-year-old leader of this small coastal Pasco County city now faces charges potentially more serious than the ones that first drew a sheriff's SWAT team to his two-story waterfront home before dawn Thursday. What did the guy do that had the police, and how bad was it that he decided he needed to send fire their direction? After a four-month investigation by Florida Department of Law Enforcement determined that Massad, who lost his medical license in 1992 after the death of a three-year-old, has been practicing medicine without a license, ordering drugs online, injecting people, and suturing wounds at his home. By the way, he is the mayor of this city. Yes. <laughs> that should not be forgotten in that. And then they come in with Suturing this... wounds? Like, oh, yeah, oh, that's a pretty bad cut there, young man. Just come over. How do people know to go to the mayor's house for illegal uh, medical treatments? How do you advertise that business? Uh, when deputies announced their presence at Massett's home Thursday morning, he didn't come out. A deputy fired uh, uh, a deputy tried bursting the front door down with a battering ram, and another deputy blasted the locks off of it with a shotgun. Jeez. This was a straight up like like SWAT raid. Hold, yeah, hold up situation. Like this guy needs to get out now. He was one of four people that were inside, so there were four people inside the house. If you're gonna if you're gonna break down a door, yeah, what's the cooler way to do it? Kick down the door, like you see people do it. You, you do that front kick, where you just kick in the door, use a battering ram, or shoot the lock off. Uh, I like the battering ram. That's pretty dope, dude. Really? Yeah, that's oh, kind of dope. See that on my power rankings on the bottom of that list is the battering ram. I think shooting the lock off is probably the coolest way to break down a door. Yeah, really. But think about it in like realistically. Yeah, shotgun blowing really? off the door handle. Dude, the first shot, your ears are like ringing. And oh, you're, you're prepared. Like, oh, have, you ever shot my a, head. have you ever shot a gun? No. Oh, yeah. Have you? Yeah. A shotgun? Yes. Come on. A what? shotgun at have close I range shot on a, a shotgun? Lock? Come on. Yes, but how? Your ears are going to be killing you. That's what you're worried about. You've never, you've never shot a gun. I don't think you have the ability okay. to speak on Here, it. Here's so. what I'm trying to say to you is. The expectation you have, which is you bursting in with a leather jacket and your aviators, and you're like 15 pounds lighter and have washboard abs. Whoa, whoa, and whoa, you, whoa, whoa. No, you, I'm 15 pounds heavier. I'm fat guy shooting the door lock off. Are you I, kidding me? Yeah, I'm heavy. Like the, the buttons on the front of my shirt are about to burst. 
And then, but I'm wearing a flak jacket over it, so you can't tell. So not only am I heavier, I'm also wearing the Kevlar so vest. So you're Steven Seagal. So, yeah. Okay, yeah, you're Steven Seagal. Yeah, absolutely. So you come up Steven yeah, I Seagal. Have a, I definitely have a ponytail and a you goatee. You load up the gun, yeah. and you you got the glasses on. You say your line. I know you're line. in there, Darkins. I'm coming for you. And then you're in there. You'll never take me alive, pig. And then, yeah. Yeah, shoot, and then I'm, you fire off the locks in, in cold, with my sawed fast off shotgun. succession. Yeah. Whack, whack, whack. And it's double barrel, so I still have a, uh, a, yep. a charge in there to shoot your face off. Yes. In case you try to come at me, right. scum. And so then you kick it down, and you come yeah. in, and you save the day. All right, here's the reality. You come in. You are overweight, and so you you jog there. Well, I got you, the gun. Oh, I don't have to jog. Well, even if you came out of your car, no. you're winded by the time you well, got to the door. Here's a mistake you made. When I was chasing you down, you went up the stairs. You're not jumping out of that window. The first shot from that gun, first, it's it, it's pulling you back. The force from the gun is pushing you back. Come on, you're overweight. Yeah, so it's going to push me back because I'm fatter than I am now? Because you have zero core strength. <laughs> So then you get up, you're confused. You shoot the second one, and the butt of the gun hits you. Uh, so now you're slightly hurt. Wait, so so I've forgotten how to shoot a gun because I got fatter? You give up on the so gun, and then you just try to open the door. I'm already out the back. I'm gone. No way. Oh, with your knees, you're jumping out a two-story window? That'd be pretty dumb. Then I just walk down the stairs, and I just go, all right, idiot. Because you're writhing in pain. Dude, you're not getting back around. You just said you're 15 pounds heavier. I don't care. You've, way, dislo you've dislocated both knees jumping out a two-story window. How fast are you running that my big old ass can't go down there and get you? By the way, imagining you 15 pounds heavier with a ponytail being Steven Seagal is pretty awesome. Yeah, well, you're welcome for that. All right, that's good versus evil. I'm going to take you down. <laughs> I would have to talk like that, wouldn't I? <sighs> I'd be breathing a lot heavier, but yeah, I'd be talking like this everywhere I go. Slow down. The gun hit me. It hurts. <laughs> Why would the gun hit me? How did I sh forget how to shoot a gun? Yeah, well, if I could shoot a clay pigeon, I'm pretty sure I could shoot a door lock that is inches from the barrel of the gun. Okay, dude, you know, uh, like, the, the the amount, the distance from the gun to the lock, what do you think? You're standing back like That's why I'm wearing feet? the Kevlar. No, it's buckshot. What's it going to do? Hurt me? Get out of here. I think you're getting hurt. <sighs> you're an idiot. That was Good versus Evil. It's brought to you by our friends at 808, the titan of Hawaiian restaurants, 2454 East Burnside, 52nd and Woodstock. Eat there. It's great. I wouldn't be surprised if you got a call from them about Hour that. Hour two of the Sinner and Saint after this. Are you listening to 1080 The Fan? You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.